welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor. Here, as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsaw. I feel very conflicted this week. Uh, it's, a, it's a tight week for fantasy. That is for sure. I know that we have, both of us have a couple matchups in the balance with playoff impl- implications. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely tight. Definitely, at one point, I did not think that I was going to get a lot of results going my way. Then four o'clock happened, and I, I, it, some things have gone okay, and then other things not so much. I'm in a lot of a lot of dog fights. Um, getting there, not comfortable. Nothing is comfortable. Um, I mean, it really all started this morning with um, Adam Schefter being literally Ebenezer Scrooge and trying to really mess with people and saying that Tony Jones Jr. was going to be the guy for the Seattle Seahawks only for as of right now. And there is about seven minutes left in the Seahawks game for Tony Jones Jr. to not get a single touch. And I don't know if you've been on Twitter at all. I don't know if you have seen. Um, That's so true. Actually, he only, he has one point. He has a he has a catch. Oh, he does have a catch. Yard. He has a catch for zero yards. Oh, okay. All right. He's got one point in full point PPR. Okay. Yes. Pardon me. He's got one right. touch. Yeah. Travis Homer has been dominating the reps in that backfield. I don't know if anybody has been on Twitter. I don't know if you've been on Twitter, Adam, but the Adam Schefter slander right now that is going on on Twitter is very funny. More than usual. Funnier than usual, because I know Adam Schefter gets uh, gets a lot of heat because he's kind of a dick about things. Um, he, he thinks he's a know-it-all. Yeah, I've heard he's nice, kind of in person. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard the same. I've heard I've heard that he's a nice guy, um, but he definitely comes off as a little bit of a know-it-all. Yeah, as great as our boy Ian. Let's go. No. Nobody is like Ian. Noted Mets fan, Ian Rappaport. Hey, the Mets are uh, trying to do what you have slandered the New York Yankees for for the better part of your entire life, and that is buy a championship. Well, it's that, yes, but also two of those guys are homegrown players. Well, okay, one of them was a homegrown player, and the other one was Evan Diaz. But, yeah. $333 $333 million payroll? That's true. The Yankees have done it, though. Oh, so absolutely. Absolutely. I am, I'm not throwing a... Uh, I'm not throwing stones at a glass house. But $333 million, Adam. How does it feel to be uh, top of the payroll for Major League Baseball by a significant amount? The funny thing is, and... Uh, New Year's Eve one time I was hanging out with one of my friends who's a Mets fan that I like we've known each, each other since middle school and we've been friends and I was ta- talking to him about soccer and how I'm a Manchester City fan I was like listen Manchester City nowadays is like if Jeff Bezos bought the Mets and then that, that like, that's the scenario and who would have who thought that we're kind of in a, in a similar scenario I mean, Steve Cohen doesn't have Jeff Bezos money, but he is very rich. And he's quite rich. 
I don't know how it's going to look going forward just because it's a lot of age. But, you know, that's not what we're really talking about. We're talking about football. But I'm happy about the signings because it, it does shore up the team. And the team should get should be a little better uh, with with the players that they brought in. Yeah. Should and, be. you know, bringing back Nimmo and bringing back Edwin Diaz were crucial and figuring out the rotation because basically everybody on the rotation was going to be a free agent outside of Max Scherzer. So they need to do something with that. So, Indeed. yeah. We will see. Anyway, football. Let's start off with a game that was absolutely absurd in the greatest way possible because fuck Josh McDaniels. I also want to say, speaking yeah. of California, California teams for a second, um, I hope the San Francisco Giants enjoy Arson Judge. Arson Judge. Hopefully enjoy him. Legendary, legendary tweet. Yes, all-timer. All-timer. And the Adam Schefter thing, by the way, when he tweeted out that, uh, that Tony Jones thing, tweeted it out, and then deleted said tweet. So he tried, he tried to expunge it from the record. Oh, that's... Uh, Couldn't no. even live up to his bad tweet. I mean, at some point, there's, there's a line with that sort of thing. Like, if you tweet something wrong, I, I don't know Own why. It. Own, Own it. it. I don't know where he was getting the information from. Uh, probably his gut, if anything else. But it was uh, terrible, terrible, terrible information. But yes, uh, Thursday night. Yes. Also, Mike Evans caught another pass. Ah! Yeah, we were talking about Mike Evans. God. Anyway, so Thursday night. Yes. So uh, fuck Josh McDaniels, for one thing. Uh-huh. Um, he's not even the best guy named Josh on the team. Because obviously, it's Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and it definitely, it's going to be an interesting week with Josh Jacobs because of that pinky injury. I was told that that pinky is uh, not in very good shape. Um, and yet he came back as into to the game, what that though. means, I don't know. He came back into the game. Yeah, he came back. He came back into the game, but it's on. It's on his lead hand. It's on his strong hand. It's on the the right hand, which is obviously a bit of a problem. It's the ball that he. That's the hand that he normally holds the ball in. So, I don't think he misses time or anything, but I do think he's going to be playing through a considerable amount of pain. And you could see that the Rams were really trying to punch that ball out. Go in, try and you know really get physical with that with that hand that clearly was bothering um, Josh Jacobs. So that's just something to look for going forward. But scored again, uh, looks great. And I mean, it's crazy that we were talking about in the beginning of the season. We were talking about Josh Jacobs potentially being in a committee, and this is far from it. This this is Josh Jacobs' backfield. It's been one of the only things outside of the guy a guy we'll be talking about in a minute. I'm sure. That's been super consistent for the Raiders this year. And he's been fantastic. And he's number one running back in full point PPR and ESPN. So uh, great for great for Josh Jacobs in a, in a contract year where he's playing for his cash. Correct. Um, it is kind of funny because we were talking, or I guess you and Jake were talking about like, oh, get your stock in Zamir, Zamir White and Amir Abdullah. But yeah, I mean, what a great career renaissance for Josh Jacobs because like under Gruden, he was the lead back for his rookie year. And then like they brought in Kenny and Drake 
and they had oh I forgot his name, but he was on the Broncos. Um. Anyway, Latbury, Mike Boone, Philip Lindsay. No, Melvin he's Gordon. not on the Broncos now. He um, was before. Uh, Monte Ball, no Sean Moreno. Okay, too 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 early. I'll look it up later. Anyway, um, Monte Ball. Can you imagine? No, he was on the Raiders. He was not on the Raiders. No, no, no. I'm ta- I'm talking about the guy who went from the Broncos to the Raiders. Oh yeah, he was on the 2020 Raiders. 2020 um, Raiders. Oh. Again, looking at looking at useless information that is not pertinent, but I'm Ooh. very curious. It is Devontae Booker. Oh yes, I, I associate I associate Devontae Booker though with the Giants. It, yeah, that's, that's how fair. I associate Devontae Booker. That's fair. Well, he was on both. Twenty yard catch for Mike Evans, by the way. Yes. Wait, he has three now. Yeah, he's got, he has he's got three. Ah, uh, thank you. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. stuff. And the good news with the Bucks too. Uh, is that they're not going to pull anybody? At least I don't think. Well, that's very yeah. off-brand. Yeah, I, I think so too. Tom Brady would never want to just get out, get off the field or anything nope. like that. No. All right. Anyway, so side tangent aside, great time for Josh Jacobs. Devontae Adams continued to um, you know do his thing, but the problem is is that there was only one touchdown in this game for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Derek Carr was stinky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Derek the one, Carr, inter- Derek Carr one of his incredibly, interceptions, incredibly stinky. One of his interceptions was on the last play of the game, or yep. second to last play of the game. So we can strike that from the record. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, only throwing for 137 yards against the Rams? Yeah, not great. Not great. I mean, a, a Rams team without Aaron Donald, by the way. Right, right. It it was not good for for Derek Carr at all. But one of the things that was coming out of this Thursday game, and and yeah, you know, with everything that went on with the with the Rams, and not I don't think anybody was really starting the Rams in, in a high pressure situation. Um, and just for the record, you know, just to make it even easier, even with uh, Cam Akers really leading the way uh, for the Rams, you're not starting any Los Angeles Ram. Going forward, I don't care that Ben Skoranek had a really good day, and he had a very, very, very good day. Uh, Van Jefferson scoring the touchdown. Which, by the way, what a throw by Baker Mayfield! I, I know what, what a throw. But you are not starting any Los Angeles Ram going forward. But one of the things coming out of Thursday was there were the two big, the two big dogs here were Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, and a lot of people kind of said. Oh, yeah. Going up against the Rams. It's not going to be if they're going to score a lot of points. It's what's what is a lot of points going to be. Could not have been further from the truth. I mean, Josh Jacobs, I believe, had 19 points in full point, And then Devontae Adams, I believe, had 10. So it wasn't there was no deficit coming out of Thursday night football that was completely insurmountable for any fantasy managers that were going up against Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams, which, which was good, which was good because now everyone can go into Sunday and be like, Oh, okay. Josh Jacobs put up 19. I can overcome that. Devontae put up 10. I can overcome that. So 
we had a we even though the game was was very good and it was a very entertaining Thursday night game. I, I watched all of it cover to cover. It was an entertaining game. Um, there was no deficit that was that couldn't be overcome coming out of Thursday, and that's when we go into Sunday. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like it's kind of nice for Baker Mayfield to come in just, you know, having 48 hours of prep. You and Jake on the preview show, it was funny. You guys were like, watch Baker Mayfield beat the Ram or beat the Raiders because that's yep. just what the Raiders, that's what the Raiders do. Mm-hmm. They, they lose these kinds of games. Yes. They, it was like very on brand. They're like the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. in the way that they lose just in the most ridiculous fashion extraordinarily on brand yes um but yeah i mean baker mayfield i don't know i mean yes it is the raiders but like would is he worth something is he worth like also i mean i guess you know for those that are new here our recommendations and our like questions kind of have to be looked at through a new lens because next week is the playoffs for most leagues. So it's like, are you starting really? It's, are you starting? It's not, are you starting blank? It's, are you starting blank in a playoff game? That's every question. And that's why I'm saying I'm not starting the Rams. You cannot trust the Rams in a playoff situation. You can't. Okay, cool. Okay. Let's move on to Sunday. And as usual, we'll talk about the Jets game first. Mm-hmm. And poor Mike White. Just that the offensive line is just was just so bad this game. It was just really, really bad. This is what Buffalo set out to do. They they set out to play physical hard football against a Jets team to beat them. And you know, we talked about on the on the previous show as well that uh Buffalo was gonna be out to kill the Jets on the scoreboard, I did not think kill the jets was going to be physically. You have to Is check it? if like uh, Sean Payton was on the sideline, putting up bounties on Greg uh, Williams jets players. Greg, Greg Williams, Williams. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you had Corey Davis and, and Mike white exit, exit this game. Mike white did come back. Mike um, white exited I mean, the game twice. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting to see what comes back with, uh, with Mike white. And I, I would also make a, 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 a concrete bet that if Mike White can't go next week versus Detroit, that it's going to be Zach Wilson and not Joe Flacco. I would I would put my life savings on that. I would also bet that if Mike White can go against Detroit, and sorry, I'm getting over like a cold, so my voice is kind of cracking a little. Join, join the club. Yeah, I know. Um, if Mike White can go against Detroit, I don't think Joe Flacco is going to be the backup because Joe Flacco looked so out of his depth in this game. I think it depends on on how comfortable they are with Mike White and the injury. If they think that there's a high chance that Mike White re-injures himself, then yes, I would agree with you. But if they think that Mike White is good to go and any hit that he takes, he'll be able to absorb, whether it's with a vest of some sort or whatever, then I think they would have Joe Flacco as the backup. Just because if you have Zach Wilson on the sideline, it's not really a good look for Zach. It's not really, it's not a good look for Mike either. Like you want Mike white to feel like if he makes a mistake that they're not going to pull him at an instant for, for Zach. Well, I don't think they are, but I think just having Zach be inactive 
really kind of hamstrung the Jets in this situation. Where yes, but at the, but at the same time though, I mean, was any it was any Jets fan going to be comfortable with Zach Wilson coming into that game? Not really, but at least you know you know that Joe Flacco is not great. Would you have felt more comfortable with Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, or neither? I would say Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson with a couple weeks to to reset, maybe. Who could do more? Who could probably do more with his legs against this pass rush as opposed to Joe Flacco, who's just a statue. That's that, that's quite possible. Yes, uh, that that is that is quite possible. But yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, Garrett Wilson is is that guy. Yep, he's a, so a, a good. Very nice game for for Garrett Wilson. Um, flex level flex level numbers, but. It, it, Garrett Wilson against Detroit next week. Whew, they just let 200 yards to Justin Jefferson today. Aiden score. I know that like, Detroit team is going to, that Detroit game is going to be interesting. Like Detroit game could be like either a blowout or a shootout. Depending on who the quarterback is. Yeah. Depending on who the quarterback is. If it, if it is Mike white, I'll feel great about Zach uh, Garrett Wilson next week. But if it is Zach Wilson. Oh, eek. I I I I wouldn't love that. Yeah, I don't blame you. But um, also, Zonovan Knight again. You know, he's just the guy runs. He runs angry, and that his touchdown run. He just like broke through four tackles. It was just it was it was a nice day for him. He's but, the best. He's the best running back currently on the Jets roster. Bam. Knight. Yeah, my Michael Carter needs to be like he needs to be sat for like a game because he was just, he has looked awful. He didn't have and it. He had the, and he had crucial fumble too. Yep. Mm-hmm. He didn't have it. He just yep. didn't have it. Some, some guys, some games you do, some games you don't. And and Michael Carter did not have it while Bam Knight did. Yeah. Problem is, problem is you can't start either one of them comfortably because they're it's, just going to eat into each other. The one thing that's interesting, and this is a next year problem, but like the Jets have like three, well, Two guys that could start in Brees Hall and Zonovan Knight. And then what do you do with Michael Carter and whatever? Or like there's like Ty Johnson that's there. They're probably not going to bring back James Robinson. I don't know. There, There is one starter for the New York Jets next year, and it is Brees Hall. No, I know. Pending, pending of course, that he is that he is healthy and ready to return. Yes. If I mean, Brees, maybe it's a, if Brees is healthy, Brees is the guy. Yes. But it's just an interesting situation. The Jets are just pretty are just like a running back factory at this point. It is, but you also have to look at what happened with J.K. Dobbins and you have and you have to say to yourself, is Brees Hall going to come back and just be ready to be fired out there? Yeah. So it's true. You know, we'll talk about it during the offseason. We have all offseason to talk about these kind of things, but yes. Um, so for the Bills, though, the worry and so this is something that I noticed a couple weeks ago when I was checking my brother-in-law's fantasy team. Uh, on Yahoo, they show you the weather yep. for each game. CBS they do too. It is so nice. Yep. I wish ESPN did that because I mean you're not you're not benching stuff on digs because of the weather. But at least you'd have a reason for being like, oh, I don't know what I'm expecting. 
uh, out of Stefan Diggs, but he didn't do it for this game. And um, it was a, it was a tight show. It was a tight defensive game for both teams. And it was a wintry mix all day. So, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where, where do you want to start? What do you mean? Like, so yeah, Stefan Diggs didn't do well. Um, James Cook had just was, a, was a black hole. Mm-hmm. He was awful. Um, and there were a lot of people who wanted to start James Cook this week too. Yeah. And it was, uh, Devin Singletary leading the way. I mean, granted, it was nine touches to five touches, but like stinky, just just a stinky. It was a stinky win for Buffalo because you really didn't have anybody that popped off. Like if you started Dawson Knox, congratulations. But I don't think anybody was really, you know, putting their fantasy hopes and dreams into the hands of Dawson Knox. I think people were putting their hands, in, their hopes and dreams into Stefan Diggs. He laid an egg. Gabe Davis laid another egg, but that's not really a huge surprise. I know some people, people are, are starting there. Gabe Davis still. I don't know who is starting Gabe Davis, quite honestly. Like, why? What's the point? It doesn't make what's, any sense. What's the point? It, it's 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 just stupid. And then and then Josh Allen at a very pedestrian, normal sort of day. Not a guy that not a day for a guy that you're drafting in the third or fourth round. If you're, if you're lucky and you got him at the top end of round four, it's not, not a day that you would, that you would expect um, a dud from Buffalo. And it does not get easier for Buffalo move, uh, moving forward. Miami next week on Saturday, mind you, then they have Chicago and then they have Monday night week 17 against Cincinnati in the jungle. It, which, by the way, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Whomever was the genius that put Buffalo Cincinnati on Monday Night Football in Week 17 to decide fantasy championships? Mwah. I know. Thank you. Thank it's you. Gonna, very, very mood show. It's going to be nice. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a game. Yep. Stefan Diggs and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll go. We'll get there with the uh, with the uh, with Mr. Higgins. I got, I got something to say to him. Yeah, well, let's do that now, shall we? Sure. I I got people. There are people on Twitter saying like, you know, the the NFL should look into the Bengals for like misreporting injuries because they're like T. There's no way that T. Higgins is healthy enough to play in this game. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, he had. He had a touchdown last week versus Kansas City. He had a touchdown the week before versus Tennessee. I mean, what sucks, what sucks is he aggravated the hamstring in warmups. And it was just not reported by anybody. So there was a reason why he was not on the field at all. It's because he, he just he didn't play. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that really, really sucks. So, yeah, fuck the Bengals for that one. Um, but Tyler Boyd also leaving this game after one target. He left with a dislocated finger. 
I'm not really sure if that's going to make Tyler Boyd miss any sort of time. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, what it looks like this week, whether or not he will miss any sort any sort of time at all. But if he does and T. Higgins then misses some sort of time, then, oh my God, Jamar Chase. That's I, I think yeah. it's like that's like Joe Burrow's wet dream. It's just have him and Jamar Chase out there. Two on twelve, two on eleven. Yeah, Joe to Joe to Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think I think he'd like that. It's just Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and nobody else for the Bengals going yeah. up against the entire defense. Yeah, and Chase was really really good. Fifteen targets for Jamar Chase. Like, holy smokes! Yeah, it's well. That's you know that's what we're seeing when you have two of your top weapons go down. Mm-hmm. And it's like and, and no Hayden Hurst in the game either. Yep. Um, Trent Irwin had caught a long touchdown on a flea flicker. I always love flea flickers; they're fantastic. Good for him. You're not you're not, you're never picking up Trent Irwin. Ever. No, of course not. No, of course not. It was a, it was a it was a nice play though. It was. It was. Um, Mixon. Joe Mixon really got all of his yards on one play. It was like a 44-yard run. Very, very just like, eh, day. I was very disappointed when I saw that small JP Ryan scored that touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Vulture, vulture season. Vulture season. It was said, and and, and rightfully so. I mean, small JP Ryan looked great without Joe Mixon. He deserves to play. He does. Absolutely deserves an opportunity to play. I mean, he he led a backfield once. It was like five years ago, but he did. Yeah, Pirine yeah. did. With, he deserves with it. Washington. He deserves, he deserves it. it. He got in there and he and he scored the touchdown. Good for him. And then Joe Burrow, all blue eyes, had a, had a had a nice day. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, Cleveland. Did we? What did we say about he who shall not be named? He was going to be rusty, and he was going to be mediocre to shitty this year mm-hmm. coming back after uh you know being suspended for 11 games yep not playing for 700 plus days and he had a very nice day very nice day 276 the, the, the pick was really stinky um but 276 and a touchdown the rushing yards which i which i talked about that were going to be there kevin stefanski opened up the playbook for him and he looked much better than he did last week versus houston so uh Sign of hopefully good things to come for anybody that that, um, that has Deshaun Watson. Um, should have, should have. I, I would think a pretty decent matchup next week for anybody that has been holding on to him. Uh, he'll probably be a top twelve quarterback for me, or or somewhere thereabouts next week at home versus Baltimore. I I, I think I'll probably. I don't know if he'll be in the top twelve, but he'll be in that like twelve to fourteen range for me next week. That in is going to be in interesting. The dog pound, keep pounding, Adam, keep pounding. No, that's that. No, that's the Panthers. Actually, what, what, what? Keep pounding. Keep pounding. That's the Panthers model. Oh, I'm well. I'm well aware. I'm, I'm giving it okay. to the Browns now. Okay. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. It's weird. Don't say, don't say that like that. Keep pounding. I hate you so much. Good. Okay. Anything else for this game? 
I mean, Nick Chubb wasn't good. Uh, yeah, another another uh, stinky day for uh, for Mister Chubb. I don't know what what Deshaun Watson black magic he's he's brought to the table. That's he cast a, a spell on Nick Chubb, but well, he's brought some black magic, but you know we can't really talk about that. Goodness, um, yeah, stinky day, stinky day for uh, for Chubb, but. I, I, I think he'll have it. I think I'll have a good day versus versus Baltimore next week. I do. I mean, part of it's game script. I feel like it, it could be. It could be. But he he also has scored on Baltimore already this year, I believe. So I think he'll do it again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, okay, cool. Let's go and talk about your team. And uh, so never how, a doubt. How clenched? Were you throughout that entire game? Never a doubt. I told you. Ne- never? Never. Not one? Not nope. one doubt? Nope. Not at all. Not a, not a singular doubt? Absolutely not. Not even a little? Nope. I trust my guys. I trust my guys. I trust okay. my man, Dakota Rain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, the Texans suck. Uh, yes, yes, they, they, they do quite frankly stink. I mean, that, that fourth down stop, save the game, save the yep. game. And then Dak was just able to, they finally opened up the offense. I felt like the entire game, the offense was just so conservative. I'm like, what the fuck are they afraid of? It was just such a conservative game plan. It, it, it was one of the worst called games I think I've seen out of Kellen Moore in my life. He just didn't open up the offense until the final drive. It was like, oh, shit, we got to score. All right, Dak, let's go. And it was a shock that they were able to hit some big-time plays. Uh, Dak was fine. Two picks is annoying to Houston. Like that, That's quite frankly annoying. Uh, Tony Pollard is incredible. Zeke scores again. What a shock. CD was stinky. CD was really stinky. The Texans tried to kill CD Lamb on, like, a, on a couple plays. Those were some, they really wanted to hurt CD Lamb. That's what it, those are some hard hits. Yeah, it was big hits. So, really, really, really big hits. Uh, Gallup dropped what would have, would have been a touchdown due to another really hard hit. Yep, due to another very, very, very hard hit. Uh, Noah Brown looked good. He looked good, but this is just, this is what no, it's, it's what Noah Brown does. This is, this is like the annoying thing about him. Is yeah, he had four for eighty-five on six targets. Great. He'll go to they'll go to they'll play Jacksonville next week, and Noah Brown will have two targets. Well, listen, he had a fifty-one yard catch. So put it put it into perspective. And it was a nice catch too. It was a nice catch. It's a nice catch. It was a nice nice catch. And Dalton Schultz got all of his receiving work. What it felt like on the final drive, he had to get three catches in a row. Yeah, I am shocked that Dalton Schultz didn't uh, just didn't score in this game. Um, not, just, not just for for selfish reasons, but just like I feel like when they were close into the end in the end zone, they didn't go to him once. It was weird. I wasn't too surprised because I just know the way my football team operates, and they when they get inside the five yard line, they're trying to give it to to Mister Zeke, and they're trying to give it to Mister Pollard. So I, I I can't say that I was too surprised that. Dalton Schultz didn't score when 20 and 21 got, got the job done, but 
I'm not worried about CD. I think that's really like the the big question a lot of people are going to have. I'm not worried about CD. Got a very, very soft matchup next week versus Jacksonville. Stardom and outdoors. Hopefully it will be good weather in Jacksonville. Stardom up. The nice, the nice warmth of of sunny Jacksonville, Florida. I think will be good for uh for for the Cowboys. And I I'm gonna keep on saying it. I mean, I had Tony Pollard this week ranked as a top 10 running back. I had Zeke ranks a top 12 running back. I think these two are very, very startable for fantasy managers moving forward. I think that this is uh, a one-two combination that we have here. We're very rarely going to see these combos eat into each other. This is one where they are not eating into each other at all. They are super productive. This is an offense that wants to use both of them. So continue to use both of them for your fantasy lineup because they are both fantastic. Yep. I like Pollard more than Zeke though, because I feel like they throw the ball like receptions wise. Tony Pollard seems to get more work than Zeke. Pollard, Pollard is the ceiling guy. Zeke is the floor guy. Yeah, basically. Yep. If you're, if you're looking for your 30, your 30 is not coming from Zeke. It's coming from Pollard. But if you're looking for, like, I'll make, I'll make a, an example, a personal example with Zeke. Like, I had to make a decision in the guillotine. I know this is an extreme example because I just there's just so many guys now with five teams left, soon to be four. Uh, but I had to make a decision on if I was going to start Zeke. But I kind of said to myself, you know what? We're at a point where 15 to 18 points – that could go a long way, and I don't see a situation where Ezekiel Elliott in a plus matchup versus Houston is going to fall short of 15 to 18 points. And I went with it, and he put up 17. So it got the job done. Zeke is a safe, safe, safe option moving forward. Just extraordinarily underwhelming if he doesn't score. Yep, absolutely. Whereas the Pollard, the floor is very safe. The ceiling is incredibly high. Zeke, the floor is relatively safe, but the ceiling is relatively low. I don't know. I mean, yeah. For Tony Pollard, the thing with him is just he has been scoring a lot. And that's mm-hmm. really what's so is Zeke. You know, yeah. So is Zeke. Zeke missed week eight and week ten through to injury. But then if you were if you're gonna include every game he's played uh since then, so let's go every game besides week eight and week ten. Zeke has scored in every game since week six. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's been 15, 15.6 to 18.1 points every single week since week six, barring week eight and week 10, where he didn't play. Yeah. Like and Tony clock. Pollard has, I mean, Tony Pollard has, let's see. Quick maths. Pollard, uh, Pollard has been great. He has been great. He has like eight touchdowns on the year. And he's going to finish with, with double digit touchdowns. That's for sure. Yep. And he's, or no, he has, he has nine rushing and three receiving. Mm-hmm. So 12. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I love me some Tony Pollard. Love him. Great. Great for them. Great for the Cowboys. Hopefully, hopefully they they find a way to resign him, and maybe you let Zeke walk, and you decide to draft a certain running back from the University of Texas, Hook'em Horns. That would be interesting. Oh my God, Bijan! Oof. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yep. And thank you. I would I would like that a lot. Uh, the one thing about the Texans that we need to talk about 
is Damian Pierce. Yep, left the game with an ankle injury. Um, I don't know if Lovey Smith provided an update uh, on Damian Pierce post game at all. Um, but what I do know is that from people that are close to the Houston is that they're calling him day to day right now. That Pierce left the game, tweaked an, tweaked his ankle, but stayed on the sideline. So it could be a day to day thing. Uh, something to definitely monitor as uh, we get closer to Week 15, where he takes on Kansas City. Oh, hold your breath. Yep. Um, okay, cool. Next game, we have Minnesota and Detroit. And what did we say? Or what did you and Jake say? It was going to be a shootout. And it kind of was. Kind of. Kind of. A little underwhelming, but but kind of. I mean, my favorite part about this game, and I'm sure it's yours too, is Penny Sewell having his first NFL reception. Big, 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 big balls. Yeah. Play you have to have. Ice the game. Dan Campbell runs a play-action pass to Penny Sewell. Can you imagine if he drops that and then the Lions lose the game? A dreadful. Dread- Dan Campbell would have been fired on the spot. I mean, that, yeah. that is such a big, big-time call that Dan Campbell made. And listen... I know my counterpart who is not here has gone in on Dan Campbell in the past. I am a Dan Campbell defender and Dan Campbell. They they are playing some really, really, really hard football for he's a motivational Dan coach. Campbell. Yes, that is for sure. Absolutely. He's, he's a player's coach, but he's not afraid to make big time gutsy decisions. And I, I, I admire that. I really, really, I really admire that. And I mean, Detroit, they're six and seven. They're six and seven. The Seattle Seahawks just lost. Yeah. Who who would have thought that the Detroit who, Lions who were going to be this good? Who would have even imagined that it would even be a possibility that the Detroit Lions could potentially be going to the playoffs? Yeah. Like, unbelievable. And, and let's call it for what it is. They have four very winnable games. The Jets, the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. Oh. Four very winnable games. They could easily win two of those. I think they could win all four. I think the only two toss-ups that are are really in there are the Jets and the Packers. Because, of course, this is is the Packers. But is that really a toss-up? You know, some people may say it, it, it's not. So really, it could be one toss-up in there, and it, and it could be the Jets. I mean, just good good for the Lions. The other good thing for the Lions is, I don't know. I mean, DeAndre Swift didn't do great things, but uh, the running least... The running backs just did, did, did ugh, ugh, God. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. They both sucked. They both sucked. Yeah. Jamal Jamal Williams was the leading uh, the leading rusher. Like what what do you do? What do you do? Because I I, I thought last week it was back to DeAndre Swift, Me and too. it's not. I don't know what to do. If I make the playoffs, and 
you know, I think I'm on track to in the non-guillotine. I have, I don't know what I'm going to do at running back. And then no, flex. this is, it's going to, it's tough. Cause it's like, what's going to happen? Like, and the jets have a stout running defense. So it's like, what? Yeah. You, you have some tough decisions to make in the first Very. round of the playoffs. Very, this is not, this is not easy. This is not an easy situation to try and unpack at all. And I mean, what, what, what do you do going forward? I mean, it's tough. It's incredibly tough to sit both of them. Cause you're going to feel it's like the, the Mark Andrews, um, whatever debate that we had a bunch of weeks ago about like, do you really want to sit somebody based on like matchup or like just in general, do you want to sit somebody based on matchup that you drafted high with a high pick that you're like, how stupid are you going to feel if they go off on your bench? That's really the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is a matter of, do you really play the guys that you drafted with high high draft capital or, you know, do you go and find somebody else that can get the job done? And this is going to be a situation that we have to uh, we definitely explore this week. Um, and then also, I just want to uh, pick on this very quickly because uh, we didn't talk about the Vikings all that much. Uh, Dalvin Cook with a well trove. Oh, my God. A real stinker. So lucky that he scored the touchdown. Otherwise, this would have been really a, a historically bad day for, for Dalvin Cook. I'm still not super worried about Dalvin Cook. Not yet. Has two matchups at home where if you're looking at Dalvin Cook's uh, games this year, uh, the majority of his really good games, his, his monster games at least, have come at home. So I'm not worried about Dalvin Cook not yet. Uh, has Indy next week and then has the Giants both at home. So uh, I think better days are coming for for Dalvin Cook. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. You still play him. You still play him. TJ Hawkinson had a good day. Uh, Adam Thielen scored. I'm really pissed that I didn't start him because I was going to. Uh, the one spot where I do have Adam Thielen, I was going to start him, and I didn't. So that was uh, quite unfortunate, but I should be okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins was great. 425 yards, two touchdowns. Nice day. Told you to start him on the mailbag and on the preview show last week. If you did, congratulations. Odds are you got a good, nice return on your quarterback spot. And then Justin Jefferson, 223 yards. Didn't score. Always would have been a monster day. But, yeah. All right. 223 yards, no touchdowns. All right. Cool. It's still good. Oh, oh still good. <laughs> It's still like 33 points in full point PPR. 34. 34. Still. Whatever. Uh no, 33. It is 33 because this is this is a league where I have a bonus. Oh. I have a bonus in this league. So yes, it is 33.3. 33. Yes. 33.3. I just have I just have a one point bonus in this league for 200 plus yard receiving days. So yes. Yeah. So you know, can't complain about that. Don't look you- at your horse in the mouth. Uh-uh. Nope. Can't complain. Unfortunately, the uh, Hawkinson revenge game didn't really come to uh, fruition. No. No, did not. Which stinks. Yeah. Which stinks, but he was still good. He was still good. Can't complain. Yep. All right. Next up. The first upset of the of the uh, day. Jacksonville going into Tennessee and just absolutely manhandling them. I mean, I said you could pass on Tennessee, but I didn't think I, I did not think this. Trevor Lawrence was immaculate in this game, but I did I did say 
I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in the preview show. I mentioned, I definitely mentioned it on the mailbag. You could pass on Tennessee. You cannot run on them. Travis Etienne had a dreadful day in a game where they put up 36 points. Travis Etienne had 17 carries for 32 yards. It did not score. I think the most dreadful thing about Travis Etienne's day is that he didn't even have a target. Mm-mm. Nope. In the did not catch a pass. It was all downfield because, like I said, you can pass on Tennessee. You can't run on them. You cannot run on them. So the guys, guys like Evan Ingram, who I mean, thirty nine from from Evan Ingram, but thirty eight. Um, no, no, it'll be thirty nine. Nice, nice, nice. Zay Jones, twelve targets, touchdown. Nice. Christian Kirk, dud. Which, eek, that kind of stinks. But I think he'll have. He should have. He should have a chance for a bounce back against against Dallas in a matchup with Trayvon Diggs. Very very boomer bust in coverage, uh, Diggs. But it's gotten better in coverage this year. Um, but then the rest rest of the way, uh, the Jets. So he'll have a date with uh, with Sauce Island. And then if you get there, if you get there somehow, no, no, no. Except- he- He's going to get lost in the sauce. Oh, he's going to get lost in the sauce. Apologies. Apologies. Yeah. And then week 17, he has a date with Houston. So yep. if you get to week 17, you might be able to really strike gold with uh, Jacksonville. But I also said this. I also said this. Trevor Lawrence is a guy that can win people fantasy championships. And here we are. This is this is a step in the right direction because odds are he won you a week. Probably. I mean, what a nice breakout. Bounce back for Trevor Lawrence in a second. Bounce year. back, bounce back. He was also he was also hurt last week, um, but this is a very 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 exciting offense to have, not just for this year, but I think for next year as well. When you also factor in that Calvin Ridley is going to be a part of this, Oof. I know that's this crazy. Is be, this is going to be an awesome offense to have in in twenty twenty three. I'm very 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 excited to dive into it talking about Jacksonville and what they could potentially bring to the table. Yeah. Honestly, I forgot they traded for Calvin Ridley, but then I found, I saw that one of the dead teams in the guillotine just picked up a bunch of players who were retired and uh-huh. Calvin Ridley. <laughs> yep. And Calvin Ridley. I was like, Oh, that's right. <laughs> so he's yeah. alive. He is alive. I didn't even know you were allowed to do that. You're allowed to like, once you're, once you've been killed in the guillotine, you're allowed to like pick up players. You're not. Oh, you're not. How, I just thought then, it was funny. I just thought oh. it was funny, so I allowed it. Okay. Well, and I mean, they're I all. Go, will I go and take them out? No. Well, you know this all-star roster. Let me see if I can. I know we have a. Uh, it's just very funny. That's very this funny. All, this all-star roster of Drew Brees, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, Calvin Ridley, Larry Fitzgerald, Rob Gronkowski, Des Bryant. And Julian Edelman. That would have been like a stellar fantasy team like three years ago. <laughs> How about like five years ago? Well, Calvin Ridley wasn't. Calvin Ridley okay, wasn't. Yeah, in the five years yet. ago, Calvin Ridley wasn't a thing. All right, so take Calvin Ridley. Calvin, take Calvin Ridley out when Reggie Wayne. Okay. Reggie Reggie Wayne five years yeah. ago. Yeah, I had no twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, he was still, he was still he was still kicking. Yep. That that would have been a scary fantasy team back in the day. But it would have been. Know. Anyway, uh, yeah, Jaguars, Titans. That's that. Derek, uh, Derek Henry didn't 
do his usual thing where he scores three touchdowns and runs for 200 yards against Jacksonville? No, but still at 121 yards and a touchdown. Two fumbles is annoying. Yes. Two fumbles is, is, is definitely annoying. But I said bounce back game coming for Derrick Henry, and he got it. And he has three awesome matchups uh, coming up. Two, two very, very, very good. And then one, I would say good at home versus Dallas. Chargers, Houston. Oh, my God. Boom, boom plays. Boom plays coming. Uh, if, if Derrick Henry let you down, if you thought he let you down with a 20.5, then I guess he'll apologize to you within the next two weeks because I do smell a 150-yard, two-touchdown performance coming. Very, very shortly for, for Derrick Henry. So any Derrick Henry fantasy managers that are out there that are getting into playoffs, enjoy it. Enjoy it. This is gonna this is gonna be a, a very, very fun journey that we're about to go on for the next three weeks with Derrick Henry. All right. Cool. Um, anything else for the time? Uh Chigozi is not is not a thing. Okay. Fair enough. I did I did go up against him in a league though. Which I was like, okay, well done. That's a that's a sneaky start. Like I'm surprised that somebody picked him up. I mean, he's been like quietly pretty good. He's caught a couple touchdowns in the past couple weeks. So maybe if you're if the person was like really desperate for tight ends, they're like, you know, what? I'll just give it a shot. Well, Todd uh, Todd Downing, offensive coordinator for Tennessee, did say that he was in line for more opportunities, but. This person picked up Chigozi Mokonkwo over David Njoku, which Wait, I thought was very interesting. When did Todd Downing say that? He's been fired for like four weeks. Uh, Todd Downing said that on Thursday. Did he get fired? I don't think he did. Oh, no, he got arrested. That's what I... No, John, Rob- John Robinson got fired. Right. Todd Downing got arrested. That's that's Okay. Yes, and then uh, Todd Downing uh, took a lot of heat. Uh, yeah, after the arrest, then today, from how bad Jackson, uh, Tennessee was against Jacksonville, which rightfully so. I mean, losing, losing the way they did is not a good look. But Jacksonville is also a, they're they're a good team. They're very underrated. They they're going to be a team that they're going to be a very trendy pick to make the playoffs next year in the AFC. I like a, that team that comes out of nowhere to make the playoffs. I feel like Jacksonville is going to be that team. For once, the AFC South will have competition. Yeah, it, it should. Yeah. All right, next game, Philadelphia Eagles just destroy the Giants. Oof. This was ugly. This was very ugly. Um, it was ugly early, too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you started Miles Sanders, good for you. He, he did fantastic. Everybody within reason that could have been started for Philadelphia today had a game. Jalen Hurts was terrific again. Miles Sanders was great. Devonta Smith scored. A.J. Brown scored. That's it. Like, that is textbook. Textbook what you're looking for from your crew of a, fo- of a football team where everybody gets theirs. and. Dallas Goddard comes back next week. That's going to be fun. Yep. So if he's available in in your leagues, 
pick him up. I mean, he's he's rostered in 80.9% of ESPN leagues. If you're in one of the 19.1% of leagues where Dallas Goddard is available, I'm begging and pleading with you go pick him up. Yep. Um, yeah, all the real worry in this game is in the direction of the New York Giants because it came out on Friday that Saquon Barkley was 50-50 to play due to a neck issue. And there were talks about him being limited in the game. And, you know, part of this is game script, but also Saquon Barkley is good in PPR. So it's like game script shouldn't matter as much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, having only 11 touches is not great. No, definitely not. And this game also got out of hand pretty quick. So I think a calculated decision was made of just, well, if we're going to get blown out of the stadium here, let's not lose Saquon Barkley in the process. So they decided to give him the 11 touches. A, a stinky day. It was a stinky day all around all around for the Giants. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's just really kind of it, honestly. And they're going to be on Sunday night next week. So I'm still starting Barkley. Seriously? On, yeah, they got flexed. Seriously? Yep. Where are they playing? Washington. In Washington. Oh, my God. Adam. 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 How dare you insult that our good friend, Terry McLaurin, is going to be uh, on primetime. That's true. That's true. The world is going to see the greatness of Terry McLaurin. They saw the greatness of Terry McLaurin when he beat the Eagles. Single-handedly. <laughs> Prime time Terry, baby. Prime time Terry. That's a friend. That and yet the Jets haven't played on Sunday Night Football in like 11 years. Fire up Terry. Great guy. Love him. Yeah, Giants stink. Yeah. Well, it, Giants you know, stink. the Giants have turned into a pumpkin. I don't know if you could say they turn, they've turned into a pumpkin. But they're now going to play three of four teams that are very good in fighting for the playoffs. Yeah, well, you know, they played Dallas and mm-hmm. they got demolished against Dallas. Handled. Yep. Handled. Mm-hmm. Against Washington, it was kind of like a like a shit slinging. Close game, but they won. No, they didn't. Oh, they lost. I apologize. I'm an idiot. I'm no, an they idiot. didn't. Oh, they lost. They tied. No, they oh, tied. They tied. They <laughs> tied. That's right. Forgot about yeah. that. They should have won. Yes, they should have won. But Washington basically uh, waved the white flag. I'm an idiot. I completely forgot they tied. Yeah, completely forgot. Um, and then they played Philadelphia, and they got yeah. handled. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, well, they're, no, the, ta- they're the tail end of a run where they're playing four straight divisional opponents. Then they get Minnesota. Then they get Indy at home, which let's call it spade a spade. They should win that game. And they get Philly in week 18 with odds are their lives on the line to potentially make the playoffs. And would anybody be shocked to see Philadelphia at home play their guys against the Giants? That way they don't make the playoffs. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. That sounds like a very Bill Belichick thing to do. 
I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. That sounds like a super pit. I wouldn't be shocked either. No, no, I wouldn't. I would not be shocked. And they could also be playing for potentially the buy. This is Duncan. We, we, we have not even remotely considered is that's true. Philadelphia still has to play Dallas. And if Dallas wins that game, they're one game behind Philly. And all Philly has to do is lose one to Chicago, New Orleans, and the Giants. And this is now uh, 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 this is now a race. It, it, okay. it, it all comes down to the, the Dallas game. If Philadelphia beats beats Dallas, then they win the division. They're going to be probably the one seed, and they're good. See, this is – it's funny that you, that you raise that point about Philadelphia playing their guys to make sure the Giants don't make the playoffs because even though it's the previous, it was the previous administration for the Eagles – but this is the same team that had people calling for collusion because they played Nate Sudfeld against yep. the command against Washington in yep. week 17. I the, would, Adam, I would not be shocked at all. If they would be shocked decide that they're not going to rest their guys, even if they have a one seed play them for a half and just be like, all right, let's see how many points you can put up in, in 30 minutes of play. Yeah. Well, also, I feel like it helps because if they are going to be on a buy, then, you know, you want to keep your keep your guys fresh. Right. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. We're still we're still weeks away from that. Yeah. But Philadelphia did clinch playoff spot. So, yes, they did. Yes, they did. First team to do so. Yep. And yeah. All right. Next up, Baltimore going to Pittsburgh. Stinky. Oh, boy. Stinky. This game sucked. Yeah, this game was bad. Thank God this was just sandwiched into one o'clock. So I didn't have to see this. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett going out of the game and he's in, in concussion protocol. I would make a bet Mitch Trubisky starts next week too. Yeah, even though he is awful. Oh, he's bad. No, he's bad. Uh, so if anybody... Oof. Oh, I don't know if I would be starting the Carolina defense against them, really. Oh. Um, but, I would not do that either, but I feel like you really have to think know. twice about starting George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth. Uh, yeah, I think, though, this is good for Deontay Johnson. I do think this is good for him. Yeah. So uh, Deontay Johnson has life, which is good. Still hasn't scored. Still does not have a 100-yard game. But it's promising that it's going to be Trubisky more than likely next week versus Kenny Pickett. Yeah. So I could see, I could see maybe how you would play Deontay Johnson in, in full point PPR and half and non. I don't see it, but in full, I, I I could kind of get behind it. Najee scored, which is which is good. He really. <sighs> Najee's Najee's interesting because people want to say that he's a bust. And for a first round pick, yeah, he's a bust. But if you look at his numbers, he's been putting up near 15 points just about every single week. He's been fairly consistent, just hasn't really boomed or anything like that. So is he a bust? Probably. But has he been bad? No, 
I don't. I he hasn't been bad. Wait, hold on. Sure. Where? So I'm looking at his stats. Uh-huh. He's only crossed the 15 point barrier once. I said he's been in around 15 points. Yeah, he, he's he's been in and around. He gives you a floor of nine and a ceiling, probably of like 13. He probably he probably averages what? I mean, I don't have the number in front of me. He probably averages what? Maybe 12, 13 points a week. He averages 12.2 points. That's flex. That is a flex level play. It's not bad. Well, I mean, it is kind of bad. That's what I'm saying. It's not bad. Is he a first round bust? Yes. But has he, been, has he been terrible? No. Has he been unplayable? No. He's given you yeah. flex. He's given you flex worthy numbers. Now, am I comfortable starting in a playoff matchup? No, not really. But if you have to, could you do it? If you have to, yeah. The thing also with Najee, and that's in full PPR, but also like he hasn't gotten you the PPR production. No. Outside of like no. a couple of games. Uh-uh. He has not. So, yeah, the whole Steelers situation is not – they should have just started Kenny Pickett like in week one. No, I disagree. I, 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 I disagree with that. Pickett, Pickett yeah, he was, re- he was ready to go, but you signed Mitch Trubisky for a reason. You signed Mitch Trubisky so that way if you do draft a rookie, you're not forcing him straight into action. And he got to sit for six weeks. So that's good. That's good. But it's obvious that Pickett still has a lot, a lot of learning to do. He's he's improved for sure. But now he's hurt. Now he's hurt. But I, I, I don't I don't think that the struggles of the Steelers offense have come down to the fact that it's just been uh, a rookie leading the way. I think there's a lot of other issues with this offense. Like the offensive line has just been bad. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing with with Najee Harris also is that he did really well because of the usage and the offensive line play of the Steelers. Yeah. And also having, and also having Ben Roethlisberger who was checking the ball down left, right, and center. Yes. That also absolutely helped. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a, that's an off season discussion also. Yeah. Um, the Ravens though are a lot, it's a lot more, a lot more things going on with the Ravens. A lot of things going on with the Raiders now. Uh, the, the Raiders, the Ravens now. A lot. Well, you're still right. There are a lot of things going on with the Raiders and the Ravens. Thank you. I mean, put it, raise your hand if you realize that Anthony Brown is not only not in college anymore, but in the NFL and on the Ravens. <laughs> I'll raise my hand for that one. Yeah. I, like, I will raise my not, hand for that one. Is he not still in Oregon? <laughs> I, I honestly, I did not know who the who the next guy up was for for Baltimore until I saw Anthony Brown. I was like, oh my god, Anthony Brown's not in college anymore. That's kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, Tyler Huntley left this game. He really was not all that great either before before he left um, has a concussion. I am on the same boat with Huntley as I am with Pickett. I don't think he plays next week versus Cleveland. So now we'd have to turn to Anthony Brown and can Anthony Brown 
get the job done? Can he be the starting quarterback for Baltimore? He's going to have to be. Um, I'm just very, very, very nervous about Mark Andrews now. Because obviously, and we'll talk about the running backs in a second, but Mark well, the Andrews... are the only good part about this game. So, Yeah, the running backs are the, pretty much the only good thing about the game. But if you know that Anthony Brown, Adam, is the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens next week, can you start Mark Andrews in a playoff situation and feel good about it, knowing that they're on a third-string quarterback? Can a you feel good about quarterback it? quarterback with no NFL experience. Yep. Because, mm-hmm. you know, technically, Zach Wilson's a third-string quarterback. Sure. And, like, sure. you know, not all third-string quarterbacks are created equal. Josh Johnson's okay, a third-string quarterback. Okay, I'll rephrase. Third man up. Yeah, third man third up. Third man up. But he's a rookie, no NFL experience. And, yeah, I, I would not feel comfortable about it. If tight end was, like, slightly deeper, I don't know. I would find somebody else, but also it's like, how willing are you to look like an idiot for not for benching Mark Andrews? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know who, who the next man up would be for you. You could, ju- you could justify You could justify it though. You could justify benching Mark Andrews. Sure. You can in the, in the scenario. Sure. You can. I, I think I would do it. I don't, I don't have Mark Andrews anywhere. Um, so I don't have to make this decision, but I could say that you could justify it. You could justify the set. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to see guys on free on the free agent wire, Evan Ingram, if he's available, he's available mm-hmm. in or he's owned in 44% of leagues. So you might be able to find him. Uh, I mean, Taysom Hill is just as much of a boomer bust play, but like. Okay, Mark Andrews hasn't scored since week six, right? We, we've talked about this in the past. Do we actually think that Anthony Brown is going to be solely responsible for ending that draft for Mark Andrews? No. Because now this is where we're at. We're at the third man up. Mark Andrews is now relegated to being a touchdown or bust tight end without Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson does somehow play, which would be a miracle considering I've been told and it has been reported that Lamar Jackson is out until Christmas Eve at the earliest. If Lamar Jackson does not play and Mark Andrews is in there with a third choice quarterback, he is a touchdown or bust candidate. Do we think that third man up is legitimately going to get Mark Andrews, his touchdown to snap that drought a and B make him start worthy when he is now relegated to being a touchdown or bust tight end, because that's what he is without Lamar Jackson and really without Tyler Huntley. Also, you have to factor in, he's going up against the Browns. The Browns defense is going to eat him alive. Miles Garrett's uh, going to have yeah. him for breakfast. It's possible. It's possible. And they, they, they could also genuinely decide that this is a game where they're going to run the absolute living shit out of the football, which they did to great success against Pittsburgh. J.K. Dobbins was terrific. Gus Edwards was very solid in a complimentary role. Yep, and then also hope the defense makes plays because the defense was great for the Ravens. Here's one one for you, Adam. Would you feel comfortable starting J.K. Dobbins 
next week? Honestly, I think I would. I'm giving that consideration. I really am. Just because you know that the team is going to want to run the football like they did this week. Anthony Brown only threw the ball five times. Yeah. So completed three passes. Yeah. The, the Ravens as a whole only threw the ball 17 times in the entire game. Yep. So I think absolutely you should consider um, starting J.K. Dobbins. Although it is, it might be a timeshare with Dobbins and Gus Edwards. For sure. And Kenny and Drake is also there. Yeah, Kenny and Drake is going to be annoying, but I would give JK flex consideration. I would. Just, yeah. It's more feasible, or I guess it's more comfort, comforting in non-PPR, just because you know that it's not like you're going to be missing out on any touchdown or any uh, reception upside. Because he just has to score. He just has to score. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be like the the Ravens-Browns game has the potential to be a dog shit game. Yeah, it does. Uh, Pick up the Browns defense. Yeah. If if you know it's good for you. I I would. I would. (laughs) If If they're not picked up already, pick them up. Like, I agree. Seriously. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Uh, I think that's all the one o'clock games. So we'll get into Kansas City and Denver. Denver has been eliminated from the playoffs with this loss. So that's a shame. That's it. That's a damn shame. That's a damn shame. I know. Well, listen, I can't say anything too mean because Russell Wilson get well soon. Like, that's awful. That was a gnarly hit. That was a gnarly, gnarly, gnarly hit. But Kansas City, I mean, Travis Kelsey didn't score. Adam, what a, what a bit of a drought. That's two weeks without a touchdown for Travis Kelsey. What are we going to do? I don't know. I think you should sit him. Yeah, you know against, I Houston, you... against, against Houston next week? You, you, might, you might sit him. Um, you might you might be better off dropping just sending him off to waivers. Just cut him. Just he's just terrible. Or better or better yet, if I am in any of your leagues, uh, just give Travis Kelsey to me. How about that? Yeah. Well, I'll take I'll, I'll take him. Um, no, Travis Kelsey is going to be fine. Don't don't stress. Um, Jarek McKinnon. We have to have obviously, real conversations. Obviously, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Three picks in this game. Not great, but. He's Patrick Mahomes. He'll be fine. Jarek McKinnon. Seven catches, a buck 12, two touchdowns. 32.9 fantasy points at full point PBR. There is zero, and I mean zero chance, that I am starting Jarek McKinnon next week. I don't care that it's against Houston. I don't care. My question is, when the hell is Clyde coming back? Um, a fantastic question. Um, there is a chance that Clyde comes back in week 16, but honestly, will it happen? No idea. Here's 
the situation that we have now with McKinnon. Oh, that's the 68 week 16 is the earliest possible. Yes, date. correct. Correct. Are you dropping significant fab on Jarek McKinnon? No, I, no. I, I, I can't do it. It's so boomer bust. It's incredibly boomer busty. Absolutely. It's it the playoffs. Yes. Yes. Why? Oh, while I will say this. If there's any injury that you may have and you need someone to help you, or maybe you have Najee Harris and you're wondering Najee Harris or Jared McKinnon, and maybe you don't trust Najee Harris. And maybe you're like a six seed going up against a really, really good third seed. Then maybe, maybe I could see, ah, you know what? Fuck it. Go for broke. Jared McKinnon, hope he scores. Maybe. Outside of that, I don't know how anybody could trust it. I don't know how anybody could feel comfortable starting Jarek McKinnon in this matchup. After one week of doing really well? Not not in the matchup. Not in the matchup. I'm going to rephrase that. Not in the matchup, but just in general when there's Isaiah Pacheco there who's going to dominate most of the groundwork. So in full point and half, you can make a case for it. But in non, there's no chance. There's no chance you could do it. There, Pacheco is still the running back here that I want to have. Yeah, it's a, ni- it's a nice game by Jarek McKinnon, sure. But do I see him doing it again to the point where I'm thrusting him into my lineup because I'm saying to myself, oh, man. I'm going to feel like a real idiot if I don't start Jarek McKinnon against the Houston Texans. No, I don't well, feel like, that way. It's like one of the other running backs in this game, Marlon Mack. Uh, that, long... that well and truly came out of absolute nowhere. Yeah. Absolute nowhere. And, 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 by, and by the way, uh, Mike Boone, uh, it, was, it was nice knowing you. Yeah, back well, for, back for two weeks after being on the IR and gets hurt again, which that that stinks. All all the best to 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 Mike Boone, but you're not you're not picking up Marlon Mack, you're not starting Lat Murray again. Jerry Judy, we thought you could get away with it because there's no Cortland Sutton, and he had three touchdowns. Good for him, good for him, good stuff. Yes, he, but. Brett Rippon is going to be his quarterback probably next week. Odds are yes. Or the rest of the season. Against Arizona, who are very good at shutting down number one receivers. If Jerry Judy is number one receiver going up going up against the Arizona Cardinals at home, I don't know if I'd do it. I I really don't know. Like it's so tough to trust. And again, we talk we talk about it on on the mailbag. We talk about it on here. You're not winning championships with guys on stinky teams. Carolina, Denver, um, the Rams, the Texans. You're not winning championships with those kinds of players. Jerry Judy fits that criteria that he may be a good player, but he's a good player on a stinky, stinky team. And also, this is like the most offensive output the Broncos have had all season, it seems like. Yes. And I am urging, 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 urging. And you could still do it, by the way. 
This is also a trick that if you have an available roster spot and you're looking for a defense, pick up the Arizona Cardinals. If you could find somebody to drop, like if you have someone on Sunday night football, and I know this is about after the fact, so uh, this is a boot point. But if you have anybody on Monday night, if you have any leftover Patriot or Cardinal that you're not really using, like even if it's, even if it's a handcuff in, in that game, like maybe it's Damian Harris or something like that, drop them. Drop them and pick up the Cardinals. And so you have the Cardinals defense for next week going up against Brett Ripien and the Denver Broncos. Why not? That, that was uh, so. This game, this is the most points the Broncos have scored all season yep. in a game. Yep. I literally talked about it this morning um, on, on, on a program. I said that the Broncos are completely incapable of scoring more than two touchdowns in a game, and they managed to score four. Yeah, I'm shocked. They managed to prove me wrong on that one, so thanks, thanks, Denver. Um, But yeah, that's that. Cool. 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 Let's go to uh, Fuck Tom Brady. Um, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and San Francisco 49ers. Let's get the obvious out of the way. What are we doing with Mike Evans at this point? He's just been bad. He's just been bad. Like, I don't know if you could sit him. That's the problem. But we were talking about it with Debo, right? And we were saying how Debo is game by games. He's been a bust. Look at Mike Evans game by games. He's at four games all year over 15 points. He's been a bust. He's been a bit of a bust. Only three touchdowns. He has. We got we to call it spade for spade. We like to make fun of Debo Samuel on this on this show. By the way, get well soon to, to Debo yeah, Samuel. That was absolutely a gruesome injury. It did not look that good. Um, and hopefully, you know, it, 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 he gets better news than we obviously are anticipating. But Mike Evans has just been bad. He hasn't scored he, since week four. Nope. Hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. And you could say it's the offense. You could say whatever you'd like. But he's not getting open. Tom Brady has been bad. The whole offense is bad. The whole team stinks. Well, the thing is, Chris Godwin looks better than him. He does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Chris Godwin does look better than Mike Evans. And Godwin Godwin is a guy that you could plug and play and feel comfortable starting. Mike Evans, you cannot. Granted, granted, Mike Evans should have had two touchdowns in this game. He had a 68-yard touchdown that was called back because of a holding penalty. And he was wide open, and Tom Brady just flat out missed him. Flat out missed him. See, the problem with Mike Evans also is that we look at targets all the time on this sh- on the show, and the targets haven't translated into production. No, target share target share o- o- only tells half of the story. It's about the eye test as well, and Mike Evans just has not looked good. Also, how targets are kind of subjective because it's like, how can you really tell that a ball going 
that was tipped at the line or there was a play, I think in like the third quarter where, or maybe the second quarter where the ball was tipped at the line and it was like Tom Brady incomplete pass to Mike Evans. I'm like, how can you tell that that was going to Mike Evans? You know? Sure. Sure. It, it, it is, it is very subjective. Sure. Give me that. But, but also like, that's still a problem. If they're getting a lot of targets, but they're not doing anything with it, that's probably mm-hmm. even more of a problem. Yeah. Oh, this is this is a this is a massive problem. This is a massive, massive, massive problem that we have with Mike Evans because now he has a matchup next week versus Cincinnati, and you have to make a call on whether or not you can actually start Mike Evans. And I think I think you got to look at some options that are out there on your waiver wire. And you have to make a gut check and you have to say, can you start Mike Evans and feel comfortable about it? The answer probably is you can't feel comfortable about it, but can you start him? I mean, you might have to start him, but like if you're on a buy and you have Mike Evans, a guy that I'm definitely going to be looking at is DJ Chark. He has two touchdowns in the last three games. Over 90 yards in two of the last three games. If he can keep it up with how good his schedule is, DJ Chark is someone that I would actively consider over Mike Evans, as crazy as that is to say. Now, this conversation can flip entirely, and next week we're talking about how Mike Evans needs to be started in your lineups. So this can flip, absolutely. But but what it is right now... Very bad, bad, bad situation for Mike Evans and his fantasy managers. Yeah, I'm going to be in a tough spot if I make it to the playoffs in the non-guillotine. God help you, but because I don't have any good receivers, <laughs> basically. I mean, I have, I have a uh, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, Brandon Cooks, and Mike Evans and Corey Davis. So I'm going to need to find a guy where I cook. Where I cooks, I dropped them. Because I'm just, I, it's going back to the whole, um, you have a guy on Houston, he's not winning you anything conversation that we just had. Yeah. So that's just, that is just my opinion. I've saved up my fab for this very moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Rashad White and Leonard Fournette just kind of eaten to each other, which definitely sucks. Um, but I think think you can probably get away with starting both of them as flex level options. Uh, if you have one, not the other, you could start them both as a flex and full. Uh, but again, they both, they just kind of eat into each other. And I'm, I'm pretty close to saying that Tampa is almost in that position where this is a bad team and guys on bad teams don't win you championships. I'm yeah. pretty close to that. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting close to it. I mean, if not for their division, they would not be in the playoffs. Right. Right. So. But yeah. Now, flipping it to good San Francisco. Yes. Christian McCaffrey is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Full credit to Brock Purdy. What he has been able to do in. Two weeks since Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. It's it's it honestly unbelievable job. 
He looks great. Kyle Shanahan working his magic again. Who is surprised? But we have to talk about the Debo injury. And I mean this genuinely when I say this. Brandon Ayuk is now a league winner. That is a crazy sentence to hear from you. Seattle on Thursday. Washington at home. Las Vegas in week 17. You're actually, you are right though. Oh God, Brandon Ayuk. Can you imagine? Full circle. That schedule is incredible. That is pretty sick. If you have Brandon Ayuk and you're in a playoff, good for you. Because you're now sitting really pretty. And odds are you only had Brandon Ayuk as like your fourth, maybe fifth receiver. Now he's absolutely entering your top two or three receiver question. And he's a guy that needs to be considered to be started every single week. Yep. Brandon Ayuk is actually owned in 89.3% of leagues, which is a lot more than I thought initially. Oh, I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised by that. He's a, he's a top, I think he's a top 20 receiver on, on the season. Yeah. He's, he's really been coming into his own. He's ranked 18th. I don't know position. if I'm going to have Brandon Ayuk as a top 15 receiver this week. I'm definitely going to have him close to top 20 though. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Good for him, honestly. The amount yeah. of shit that we've that we've given him over the years, good for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good for him. And this is this is definitely his time, his time to shine. But that's a that's an interesting take about Brandon Ayuk. Uh another thing, I mean, this also means hopefully good things for George Kittle going forward. It should. It should, but I think that the thing with Kittle though is a tight end. It's such a shitty position that you're going to have to start him anyway. So, yeah. It should be good, better things, though, for, for Kittle, I would imagine. Well, you could hope. Yeah, I would hope so. And San, the San Francisco defense uh, is a must-have defense. Must-have, must-start. Yep. And, I mean, would you start them against Seattle? Yep, I would. All right. I might if if things go my way, I might I might start them against Seattle. It's just weird I to start a def- it's weird to start a defense on a Thursday because it's like, you know, you really you might well, I mean we don't do negative points in in our league, yeah. which is nice. Like it's still kind of put you behind the eight ball. But yeah, San Francisco's defense is good. It's very yeah, good. They're good. They are good. Uh, I think, oh, we have one more game. And it is the Carolina Panthers and Seattle Seahawks, the former Jet Bowl, the former Jet QB Bowl. Mm -hmm. And both of them looked pretty good. You know, Geno threw two picks and I was, which really wasn't great. No, but he made up for it by throwing three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, the one question going into this game was, you know, the running backs, what it was going to look like without Kenneth Walker and Tony Jones Jr. did nothing. It was Travis. Two touches for Tony Jones Jr. Yep. That was it. 
It was it was Travis Homer. Travis Homer was the guy to have, and I mean, obviously he didn't do anything, so it's not like it's not like anybody could really sit back and say, "Oh man, Travis Homer had a hundred yards and two touchdowns." And Adam Schefter said to start him to start Tony Jones, but people there there are people that will because people are just crazy. Um, yeah, Marquise Goodwin was the leading receiver for the uh, the Seahawks, so that was interesting. Um, Is Marquise Goodwin like a pickup, like worth a pickup? For the playoffs, because it feels like Geno Smith likes Marquise Goodwin. He does. He does. Um, he doesn't really get enough volume for me. But in really deep leagues and in desperate situations in those deep leagues, you could probably consider it. But I mean, you have a Marquise Goodwin revenge game on Thursday. So, ooh, that's right. So there's the meh. meh. It's risky. I wouldn't do it. I, I, I personally, I, I would not do it. But they, everybody, everybody name worthy for Seattle scored. DK scored. Lockett scored. Gino had a pretty good day with with twenty points. So overall, I don't think you complain all that much from what you got out of Seattle. And I know Noah Fant got donated on one target. You were never starting Noah Fant in fantasy football ever. And if and if you did, you're not making the playoffs. So, yep. And then Carolina, real. At, I'm not going to say okay. Real defeated expectations for or like so close yet so far for Deonta Foreman, where you're like he had something. He had well, stuff Steve, going. Steve Wilkes said he wanted to get. Deonta Foreman, 20 touches. He got 22. So he met the, he met the quota. But in terms of who were the running backs to score on Seattle, because running backs always score on Seattle, it was Chuba and Raheem Blackshear. Yeah. So that's annoying. Um, but this offense stinks. I like DJ Moore had 0.6 points. 0.6. I know. Point six. That is entire game. That is brutal. Absolutely brutal. So it's it's not fun at all. You can't start him. You can't start him. And again, this this all circles back. Circle of life. Circles back to good players on bad teams. DJ Moore might be a good player, but he is on a bad team, and you cannot start him for that reason. Correct. Sorry. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You know. Yeah. So what, one thing before, before we sign off very quickly, uh, just yes. a reminder, just a reminder that Jake and I will be doing the preview show on Tuesday this week. Adam, you're off the hook. You're hearing this for the first time. You are. No, you are I know. Off- I know. No, I did it last week. So, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're off the hook. Uh, Jake and I will be doing the preview show on Tuesday. And then for the first time all year, Adam will be on the preview show uh, well, on, the, on the mailbag. What am I talking about? On the mailbag, it'll be Adam and I on Wednesday. So, submit your questions, have them in, and Adam and I. We will be answering all 23 of them 
or however many we get, because it is playoff time. And I expect a lot of questions. We'll be answering them Wednesday, Wednesday by seven. We will be getting to that. I know I've said five, but I thought Jake was going to be on it. Uh, Jake is not going to be on it. So instead, it's going to be Adam. And we will be recording that two hours later than normal. So because mountain time. Yes. Yes, because mountain time. So submit your questions <laughs> Wednesday, 7 o'clock Eastern time, 5 o'clock mountain time. And Adam and I will do the mailbag on Wednesday. 4 o'clock Pacific for those in Portland. 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock Pacific for those in Portland. And then, of course, 1 a.m. Grand Central time <laughs> for our good friend, King Charles, who is... Currently in the United in the United Kingdom, morning morning the loss of England. Yes, and uh, it's still seven seven p.m. Eastern for those in the other Portland. Yes, in Portland, Maine. Yes, yeah, but honestly, we don't we don't give a shit about Portland, Maine. I like that port. That's a nice Portland. It's nice. Yeah. We like we like Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Anyway, so excited to be on the mailbag for the first time all season. I love yeah, the mailbag. It's, gonna be fun time. it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite shows that we do here. It is a great show. Great program. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castro. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.